Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Life Study emphasizes the capital L life that can be found in the scriptures. Jesus himself said in John 6:63, "The words I have spoken to you are spirit and are life." This is the fruit of over 70 years of ministry by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee. Watchman Nee began his ministry in China in the 1920s and it continued until his imprisonment and eventual martyrdom in the 1970s. Witness Lee brought this ministry to the United States in 1962 and began speaking these life-study messages in 1974, completing it in 1995. To find out more, you can visit our website, lifestudy.com. Again, that's lifestudy.com. Now, let's join today's program. Matthew 6.21 says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. This simple expression is full of meaning. If we expect to get our heart on heaven and on the heavenly things, we need to get our treasure there first. Ed Marks has joined us again as we continue our look at Matthew 5, 6, and 7, a section of the Bible that we are calling the Constitution of the Kingdom of the Heavens. Ed, welcome back to our program. Chris, it's good to be back, and and I think uh, this verse you read, Matthew six twenty one, where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Today we'll receive some very particular, enlightening, and refreshing ministry to really help us in our Christian life. Well, Ed, these three well-known chapters in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 have been called the Sermon on the Mount, they've been called the Beatitudes, but in our life study, Witness Lee is using this term, the constitution of the kingdom of the heavens. Why is seeing this section as a constitution helpful for us in understanding the real meaning and importance of this section of Scripture? Well, Chris, it's very important and for us to realize that these three chapters, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, are the constitution of the kingdom of the heavens. And actually, Chris, we can, you know, we call it the constitution because we could say it this way, every nation has a constitution. And in 1 Peter 2.9, Peter refers to the believers in Christ as a holy nation. So in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, what we see are God's divine principles concerning the way we should live, the way we should conduct ourselves, and actually he reveals to us If we actually live Christ in our daily life, if we live by Christ, if Christ has a way to live through us, Matthew 5, 6, and 7 will be the expression of that very Christ that we live. So this is why we call this the constitution of the kingdom of the heavens. This is the way we should live in our Christian life described in these chapters. Ed, in the last few programs, we've seen in some detail very inward matters, our anger, our lust, the flesh, and the self being dealt with in these verses, in these sections in Matthew chapter 5 and 6 particularly. Now we come to chapter 7, and we're going to touch this matter today of anxiety. And this is altogether related to the drive of the natural man to want to acquire and store up riches, material goods. Before we get into this very pertinent matter, particularly in light of today's world situation, I would say. 
Let's listen to a short but very marvelous illustration that covers all of the points of this heavenly constitution. Here's Witness Lee. This constitution is altogether composed, constituted with the Father's life, the Father's nature. The constitution always is based upon certain kind of life. Suppose you are going to make a constitution for the dog. You have to make it based upon the dog life. You cannot say dog every day in the morning. You have to keep your morning watch by flying in there. They cannot fly. But if you say dog, you have to keep your morning watch by barking. They all would say, bark. This is a good constitution. The Lord Jesus on the mount was not given a constitution based upon the dog life. This constitution was made upon what? Upon the sins of God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the sons of God. You, therefore, shall be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. This section of the word was given based upon the divine life and the divine nature. Many, many thought these three chapters were given just to the human being. No, the human life cannot make it. The human life is just like the dog life. If you ask the human life to fly, the human life cannot fly. For the dog to bark, that's okay. But for the dog to fly in the air, that's impossible. This is not a constitution of the dog kingdom. This is a constitution of the bird kingdom. This is a constitution given based upon the divine life, based upon the divine nature. Well, Ed, this might seem like a very simplistic illustration, but the truth is being conveyed. This is not at all simplistic, is it? In fact, it's very meaningful and profound. What does a dog's inability to fly have to do with the constitution of the kingdom of the heavens? To me, this fellowship that we just heard is very, very helpful. I remember when I was in college, I took a course where we covered Matthew 5 through 7. I took that course. I didn't believe in the Lord Jesus at that time. And when I read Matthew 5, 6, and 7, the question I had is, who can do these things? I mean, if someone strikes you on the cheek, you turn to him the other cheek. Who could do these things in Matthew 5 through 7? Like, for instance, on this broadcast, we're going to be talking about anxiety. And actually, our human life is a constitution of anxiety. Merely to tell you not to be anxious, that doesn't work. So what we see in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is that the only way we can carry out these things is we need another life. We need another nature. These three chapters were written to the sons of God. That's why Brother Lee mentioned, blessed are the peacemaker. They shall be called the sons of God. And then the Lord also says here, he says, you shall be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect. 
Well, how can we be perfect? Well, the point is we have the highest life in us. This is the very life of Christ. And these three chapters present the highest demand. Only the highest life can meet this highest demand. And when we receive Christ as our Savior, we have his life. 1 John 5, 11, and 12 tells us he who has the Son has the life. We have Christ as our life living in us. 2 Peter 1, 4 tells us that we are partakers of the divine nature. When we enjoy Christ, when we experience him as life, when we are enjoying his divine nature within us, and when he lives his life out through us, then spontaneously what is presented in these three chapters is fulfilled. Otherwise, if we live in our human life, it's like a dog trying to fly. A dog cannot fly because a dog does not have the bird life. In the same way, how can a human being live like God and live the way Christ lived. It's impossible. The only way he can do this is he needs another life. He needs the life of Christ. And we have Christ as life living in us. So by walking according to him and living by him, these things can be fulfilled in our Christian life. Well, Ed, after having our anger and lust, the flesh and the self, very inward things exposed and dealt with in these chapters, the Lord today brings us to the matter of anxiety. And this is altogether related to the drive of the natural man to acquire and store up riches. Before we jump into this very pertinent matter, particularly in light of today's situation in the world, let's listen to a short but marvelous illustration, I think, that covers really in essence all of the points of this section on the heavenly constitution. The Lord is always white. After he has touched our temper, the lust, and the deeper part of our being, and also after he has touched our self and flesh, now he touches another thing. Apparently, he's touching the riches. Actually, he's touching the anxiety. He's touching the basic problem of our human living. You know, what is the gear that moves the whole world? Anxiety. This very anxiety is the gear, is the incentive of the human culture. If there's no anxiety for eating, for drinking, for clothing, no one would do anything. Everyone will be idle, singing and playing guitars. Now, you tell with me, do you mean we don't need to do anything? Just be the birds soaring, flying, enjoying in the air, taking advantage of all others' labor. When they sow, they grow the rest of all the crops, we just come and enjoy. Is that legal? Is that fair? So all the birds are stealers. Is our intention to have your young people to finish college or just to finish the sixth grade and be birds in there? What's our intention? The Lord doesn't mean we don't need to do our duty. We have to do our duty. When the Lord brought 
the children of Israel into the good land. All of them had to work on the good land. Everyone, not one exception. To work on the good land was their duty. Whether the good land will produce the rich food or not is still depending on good weather, depending on the proper sunshine. The weather, the sunshine, the rain were all together not under their control. But they had to do their labor. But to have anxiety, that was wrong. To do their duty, that was necessary. That was commanded. That was required by God. You just do your duty. You don't need to be anxious. You don't need to have any anxiety. Why you are so reluctant to give to others? Just because of your anxiety. Why you love the material things so much just because of your anxiety. If you don't have the anxiety, you wouldn't care for the material things. You would let others have. You would let others have them because you don't have the anxiety. Just because you have the anxiety, you have the trouble. We all have to do our duty, but we are not doing anything for our anxiety. We shouldn't have any anxiety. Because we have a life that is divine without any anxiety, and we have an almighty, an all-inclusive Heavenly Father. He can take care of us in every way, but this doesn't mean we don't need to do our duty. Well, Ed, the point in these verses, uh, Matthew chapter 6, 19 through 34, surely touches the basic human motivator. Even he used the term, the gear that drives the world, and that is anxiety. And I think if we're honest in reflecting upon this word, we have to agree, don't we? That's right, Chris. We really need to agree with this and see this. The requirement of the kingdoms to be free of anxiety and for the cares of this life, and yet to be faithful to take care of our duty in every way. How can we accomplish both of these things? Well, Chris, this is a very good question, and I would like to emphasize that anxiety is the gear that moves the whole world. So many people just full of anxiety. Actually, human life is a constitution of anxiety. How can we, on the one hand, take care of our duty in every way? On the other hand, be free of anxiety for the cares of this life. We do have to take care of practical things. We're living in this world And, you know, some people think, well, the Lord's coming back. You know, I can just pray all day, read the Bible all day. Well, if you look at the Bible in Matthew 24, verses 40 through 42, it says two men will be in the field. One is taken and one is left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One is taken and one is left. Then it says, watch, for you don't know on what day your Lord comes. But these people that were taken, they were working when they were taken. And obviously, even though they were doing their duty, they were not in the realm of anxiety. They were living Christ. They were enjoying Christ in the midst of doing their daily duty. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 12, 
Paul says, I've learned the secret, how to be abased and how to abound. He said that he learned how to be content in all things, no matter what the circumstance was. And actually, in that chapter, you have verse 6, which is a famous verse. Mm -hmm. And it says, in nothing be anxious, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your thoughts in Christ Jesus. Well, Chris, we need to practice this in verse 6. And what we need to do is we need to talk to the Lord. To talk to the Lord is to pray. And this verse says, in everything by prayer and petition. That means no matter the things that are pressing on us, the things that are bothering us, we can talk to the Lord about these things. As we talk to him, we're in fellowship with him. He's infusing himself into us as peace. And then this peace keeps our heart in his presence. So I think it's very critical that we have a practice of talking to the Lord. This will keep us from our anxiety while we're in the midst of doing our duty. How many times have we been really eaten up by anxiety, yet our lips are zipped, they're sealed, uh, instead of open to the Lord, uh, which is when the peace comes? Exactly. We need to talk to the Lord in everything and about everything. Well, the concluding verse in this section that we're looking at today really will be a conclusion for our program. It's verse 34, and that verse says, But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Therefore, do not be anxious for tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own evil. Wonderful verse. Wonderful verse. Let's join Witness Lee for our final section. We all have to do our duty, but not for our anxiety. We harvest so much, we live on, and we keep this penance for this purpose, and we give another penance for that purpose, we give the third penance for another purpose, and then we give another part for another purpose, eventually all will be laid up in the bank of the heaven. Then all our riches will be there. This way will make you grow all the day in life. Two things that will delay your growth. Number one, to be sloppy. You don't study. You don't work. You don't labor. You don't do your duty. Anyone that is idle, anyone that is sloppy, anyone that would not do his duty or her duty, this one could never grow in life. Everyone that grows in life is a diligent one, is an industrious one. You have to be diligent. You have to be industrious. Number one. Number two, of course, for your diligence, for your being industrious, there will be some reward. Some material riches will turn to you. You have to use all these, not for your anxiety, but for your giving. Anxiety must be over. Don't let anxiety stay in your whole life, in your being. You shouldn't have anxiety because your father's life within you doesn't have an anxiety. You shouldn't use any surplus 
for your anxiety. You must use all the surplus for your savings in the heavenly bank. Then you will grow. You will grow in life. Only one kind of person that can grow, that is one who is intelligent, working, and laboring, yet doesn't use anything for anxiety. And this person will grow. You have to study hard. You have to make up high grades. You need to get high degree. Yet, whatever you will earn, you will not use it for your anxiety. Then you will grow. This is the right way for all of us to grow. In other words, we only know to labor, to do our duty. We don't know anything for anxiety. Then we grow in our father's life. Well, Ed, we all desire to overcome anxiety because it can be a suffocating, tyrannical experience to be under. But if we look at it in light of being ready for the kingdom, it can also have a very detrimental effect to our growth in life, can it? That's right, Chris. And Brother Lee made this point. I would like to repeat it. And that's this. The one who is diligent, the person who is diligent, yet who does not use his surplus for his anxiety is the one that grows in the divine life the most. And this comes back again, Chris. We have to do our human duty. We have to be diligent. And when we're diligent, we'll have a certain surplus, even a material surplus. And many times, you know, people don't give to the Lord because of their anxiety. How am I going to make it in my human life if I, for instance, give 10% of my income to the Lord? But this is very sobering that the Lord says, where your treasure is, there your heart will be. If we send our surplus, you know, I use this illustration, we send our surplus to the stock market, that's where our heart's going to be. Our heart's going to be in the stock market. If we send our surplus to God, to heaven, then our heart will be in God, in heaven. So, Chris, again, this matter of anxiety touches our heart. We have to keep our heart pure for the Lord. This means that our unique goal in life should be Christ himself. He should be our goal. He should be our desire. He should be our first love. And, Chris, to keep our heart pure and, again, to be free of anxiety, I just want to stress this to our listeners. Always spend some personal time with the Lord every day where you can be in the Word and where you can pray to him, where you can talk to him. And Chris, throughout the day, we should talk to the Lord. We should say, Lord Jesus, I need you. Lord Jesus, I love you. Lord Jesus, I'm in this situation. I don't know what to do. Talk to the Lord. Tell him and talk to him in everything and about everything. This will keep your desire focused on him. This will keep you free from anxiety And in the midst of your taking care of your duty, you will enjoy the Lord, you will experience the Lord, and you will grow in life. Yeah, this has uh, been a very refreshing, uh, although a sobering, exposing, but enlightening word today uh, on a well-known passage of Scripture. But uh, we're just seeing it as a vein opened up in in a rich mine shaft that is just full of gold, it seems like. Each day, a little deeper we go. Thank you. Yes, it's a pleasure to be here, Chris. These chapters, Matthew 5, 6, and 7, are 
some of the most wonderful chapters in the Bible. Yeah, what did you tell me the other day? If we know these chapters, chapter 13, chapter 24, and 25, we really have the kernel of Matthew, don't we? That's right. These three chapters, Matthew 5 through 7, are the reality of the kingdom. And that's so that we can be rewarded in the next age in the manifestation of the kingdom. We invite you to call us toll-free. We'd love to have your comments. We can give you information about material that we have available, and there is a wealth of it in this ministry. Please contact us. It's 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 888-543-3788. Or write to us. Write to Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or send email to radio at lsm.org. Today for Ed Marks, I'm Chris Wilde. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Living Stream Ministry is dedicated to the works of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee two co-laborers with the Lord in China during the first half of the 20th century. After World War II, Watchman Nee sent Witness Lee to carry out this ministry in Taiwan. Later, the Lord led him to the United States and eventually to the rest of the world before he went to be with the Lord in 1997. Living Stream Ministry now has hundreds of titles by Watchman Nee and Witness Lee available in English, plus many in more than 50 other languages To find out more about Living Stream and all that we offer, visit our website, lsm.org. You can also reach us toll-free at 1-888-543-3788 or email us, radio at lsm.org. Thanks for listening.